Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, celebrating Mother's Day weekend with you guys. And welcome to the program. What's up, Philly? What's up, everybody that's listening from everywhere in America? And again, our big, big centers like um, California, Florida, Texas. Big shout out to everybody out there. New York City, of course. And uh, everybody in WPHT land, 1210 Philadelphia, thank you. We're going to have a guest coming up later to talk about some Philly and local area issues. But I want to talk about the stuff that we're just overwhelmed with this weekend, which was this uh, push to win back what they believe they're going to lose in November. Because clearly to me, this leak of the Supreme Court draft decision was nothing more than a ploy from Democrats to rile up their base and get them to come at the Supreme Court justices, to strong arm them, to put pressure on them. And they're getting exactly that. Because earlier in the week, we talked about how they've put up a fence, right? They put up that riot barricading. There's a fence. They literally built the wall, right? They built the wall around the Supreme Court because some militant pro-choice activists have now doxed six Supreme Court justices that are expected to be those that weigh in for the majority opinion, dismissing and overturning Roe versus Wade. And they publish their partial addresses online as part of the planned protest. They want people to go to these people's homes. And of course, Jen Pasirkelback Pasaki, she says, well, you know, we have to stick with doing things uh, the way we've always done them in America, right? Based on peaceful protest. Does the president want protesters to influence Supreme Court justices so that they uphold Roe? The president believes in peaceful protest. Uh, he believes that's part of our democracy and part of uh, the history of the United States and this country. But he also respects and understands uh, the uh, independence of the third branch of uh, government uh, and, uh, I mean, obviously the Justice Department, but also the role of the Supreme Court and what they play. So I, I wouldn't say he has a view on that. He believes in peaceful protest, but they're going to make decisions they make and we're not going to prejudge a final opinion. A peaceful protest doesn't require this riot shield, this chain link fencing that goes around the Supreme Court, right? Of course not. The name of the group, Ruth Sent Us, has planned to protest for the next several days until next Wednesday. And they plan to do it at the homes of the six, what they call, extremist justices. <laughs> I tell you, you just can't make this stuff up. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, they're putting in metal detectors at public schools, and that starts this Monday, right after Mother's Day. So we've got a fence around the Supreme Court, no fence at the border, and metal detectors as middle schoolers go to school in Philly. Not quite sure how that makes sense. And speaking of Philadelphia schools, a former Philadelphia teacher sexually assaulted a student, and the district knew he was a predator, according to a lawsuit. A former Parkway Center City High School sexually assaulted one of his students for four years. 
and the school district allowed it to happen, ignoring repeated evidence of abuse, according to a recently filed lawsuit. This is in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Larry Perry is a veteran English teacher, very popular apparently, at the Philly Magnet School on North 13th Street, was already convicted of sexual assault and corruption of a minor and was sentenced in March to up to eight years in prison. Wow. Now, the civil suit that was filed by the plaintiff identified as Jane Doe says that the district school board and former school reform commission seeks financial damages in excess of $50,000, blah, 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 blah. It goes on to say that they believe that the district totally knew about this and turned a blind eye, saying the teachers who were friends of his, Mr. Perry's, knew about his relationship with the victim, the suit says, but did not do anything despite being mandatory reporters. One school aide said she saw Perry driving the victim on I-95. A school police officer began noticing Perry spending significant amounts of time with the victim and brought his concerns to the school principal, who responded by bringing the police officer to a meeting with her and Perry. The principal told the school police officer that Perry had been investigated previously regarding similar allegations and that nothing had happened to him. The principal took no further action, according to the lawsuit. The school had been warned about Mr. Perry before in 1998. Perry's then-girlfriend discovered him naked with another underage student at their home. She kicked him out of the apartment and reported the inappropriate contact to the Parkway Center City officials, handing over letters and cards that Perry wrote to the girl. Nothing was done with these allegations. Perry's abuse was so well known by other students that he addressed the comments with students in his class and said that if the talk and rumors about him didn't stop, that he would fail the students and they would not graduate. Now, I can tell you, based on my own experience in high school, there was a young teacher, a man. A lot of the girls would talk about how handsome he was and whatever. I remember asking him once because uh, he was in charge of detention. And surprise, surprise, I had a lot of detention. <laughs> so one day I asked him and I said, hey, Mr. So-and-so, what's all this talk? I hear all these girls that, you know, they're really interested in you and whatnot. You know, what's, what's that like as a teacher? It's got to be weird. And he just laughed and smiled and he said, well, you know, sometimes it's one of the perks that comes with the, with the job. <laughs> then later on, a very young teacher, a brand new first year teacher came. And before long, he was bragging about how he was dating her. So obviously that wasn't an inappropriate relationship, but it was just interesting that that was the extent of it when I was in high school. Now it's um, known and covered up in the Philadelphia school system. Again, allegedly, according to the lawsuit. So. It brings me to the question, what is it that we're doing? What are we doing as parents? What are we doing as a community? What are we doing to make sure that this isn't continuing, that this isn't being perpetuated, that more kids aren't going to fall victim to this? Now, even if this girl was not, you know, five years old, six years old, she might have been 16 or 17. I have daughters that age. That wouldn't be acceptable to me. I don't know. Am I preaching to the choir or am I just a squeaky wheel trying to get oil over here? Let me know at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez with an S. Speaking of schools, I want you to listen to this fourth grade teacher, of course, doing what they say never happens in the classroom, not talking about a queer agenda and promoting a queer agenda or explaining that to children. But listen to this. My kids from last year are now in fifth grade and they come visit me almost every day after school. And a lot of them are queer because I am queer. And so and they figured it out. And so I've become their safe space. And today they found my guess who. And they started playing guess who, but they didn't play it the normal way. How did they play it? They used things like. This person looks like a lesbian baddie who's going to come over and make you dinner. Well, which one of these characters is going to be is a lesbian baddie that's going to come over and make you dinner? Oh, Olivia is? Oh, great. Um, which character just looks gay? Well, meet Mike. Um, 
these kids, I'm so happy that they are figuring out who they are and that they're happy with who they are and that they found a safe place. But man, I could never imagine being in fifth grade saying these things out loud, even though I know they're all, all okay. I grew up. This lady is having a frantic meltdown. You have to see her face. I am going to put this out on social media at Rich Valdez for the Nest, but listen to this. I'm super religious where nothing was okay. And so seeing this happen, I'm like, ah, but I'm almost like, yay, but ah. My kid wow, I'm exhausted just hearing that. But this is exactly what our children are facing. And it's happening everywhere. It's not just in the United States. In Canada, they're telling students that are 18 months old, 18 months old, a year and a half. Some of them can't even fully talk. They can now know if they're transgender because of people like this promoting this agenda. So if it's not one type of predator, some uh, Mr. Perry trying to get in the pants of certain students and not getting caught and everybody brushing it under the rug, then it's some of the most unhinged stuff you'll hear, implying that toddlers can be trans. I'm reading something from Libs of TikTok. These people are certifiably insane, completely bonkers, and a danger to children. I can't believe this weapon-grade lunacy is being handed out in public schools. How old do you have to be to know that you are trans? Anyone can realize they're trans at any age. You, you realize that little kids, both boy and girl, they like to play dress-up. And this is literally saying if a little boy goes and puts on his mother's high heels because that's what happens to be around, or his dad's boots for whatever matter, that that is now somehow a declaration of transsexuality or transgenderism. You've got to be kidding me. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about schools, what's going on with the legalization of marijuana in Delaware, metal detectors that are coming to Philadelphia schools, and what's going on with the White House. There's a change of the guard because Jen Pasakal-Back Pasaki, she's not going to be able to defend Joe El Baboso Biden anymore because Jen Pasakal-Back Pasaki, Silent P, of course, she is uh, stepping down to take a new job at MSNBC. And her successor, Corrine Jean-Pierre, will be the first LGBTQ press secretary in the White House. More to come straight ahead. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, 
and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. What's up, Philly? Happy Mother's Day weekend, everybody. All the moms out there, big shout out to you guys. And uh, I have a buddy who's a conservative commentator. He's a columnist. He's uh, involved in NGOs and all sorts of things. He's got a great background. And I love to get his input on things because he's out in Delaware now. And uh, he, he can help us weigh in on some of the stuff that we're talking about today because obviously Delaware is voting to legalize marijuana up to one full ounce. Now, again, you're thinking, well, that's not that much. Yeah, it's a whole ton. (laughs) An ounce of marijuana is a whole lot. Plus, I want to talk about metal detectors in Philadelphia middle schools. That starts on Monday. So help me welcome my buddy and yours, Brandon Bryce. Welcome to This Is America. Always good to be on, Rich. My brother, thank you. So I want to dive into this because you're, uh, you know, you're originally from Detroit. You're a Michigander. You spent some time in Jersey in the Christie administration, up in Harlem as well, and now you're in Delaware. So uh, tell me, how do you uh, react to what's going on with this legalization of carrying on one's person up to a full ounce of marijuana? You know, Rich, here's the reality, man. Everybody, it's already here. It's already in the neighborhoods. It's already in the, you know, it's already in, in the community. The reality is I, I'm less worried about that. I'm more worried about the fact that with this high inflation, people can't even afford uh, to even, to even, you know, uh, uh, live their daily lives. They you can't know, even the afford to buy marijuana. <laughs> well, 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 you know, you said it, I didn't say it, Rich, but, but, but here's the reality, Rich. Right now, you know, our schools are, are, are abysmal. Uh, You've got a lot of folks who are moving out because they can't afford to pay the rent because, you know, they're literally rich deciding between uh, the, you know, the the milk that they want versus paying the bills. I mean, these are things. And so, you know, I always say this is, you know, this is this is the Biden economy. And so I think at the least, you know, at least, you know, and then looking at, you know, they're always they're always talking about the fact that, you know, uh, in some cases, this is funding that states are using to pay for schools, to pay for infrastructure, to pay for those things. And so, you know, in this reality, Rich, uh, I'm less concerned on that. I mean, my thing is many states have already legalized it. They're seeing, we're seeing the, the financial reeks of it. You know, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, let's not, you know, let's not create another prohibition. We tried that 80 years ago with marijuana, excuse me, with alcohol. It didn't work. Uh, and so my thoughts are, let's talk about how do we reinvest in schools, quality schools how do we reinvest in infrastructure you know god forbid rich i'll tell you i don't like driving over bridges because the reality is we don't know if some of these bridges are still sturdy when was the last time you drove over a bridge and it fell apart say it again say when was the last time you drove over a bridge and it fell apart well rich i hope i never have to (laughs) but 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 here's the thing rich the reality is Many of these bridges, Brooklyn Bridge, Queens Bridge, they're over 100 years old. Uh, and when you look at the education, Rich, I mean, I'll tell you, I don't even ride roller coasters because somebody's got to do the math. Yeah, I hear you, brother. Well, I, I, I listen, I think if you got a bridge and it's a government bridge, you got to keep it up to date. You got to keep it up to code, granted. Uh, being from New Jersey, uh, you know, since my teenage years, I can tell you this. With Frank Lautenberg as the uh, chair of the Senate Transportation Committee, he funneled so much money into New Jersey, this little tiny state. Most people can't even find it on a map, but there's so much highway. I think we have about as much highway in terms of highway miles as they do in California. And what's interesting about this is California is huge. 
So it makes you think, geez, if you have that much uh, money being funneled in, sometimes this infrastructure investment isn't about the infrastructure as much as it is in uh, getting people union jobs and whatnot. So I, I get it. It's a double-sided coin. And these are things that we have to be cognizant of. I want to talk about metal detectors in Philadelphia schools. Tell me about this because, uh, again, we want our kids to be safe. And I don't know that I'm immediately against it for anything. It's more of a gut reaction where I say, you know what? This is um, not cool because not because we don't want the kids to be safe, but not cool because we actually have to put metal detectors in a middle school. You know, Rich, it's a shame. You know, kids... First of all, when you create and put metal detectors in schools, Rich, that's a statement. That's saying that, you know, that's almost pre-creating folks to head to prison. And what we're doing, Rich, is we're not actually addressing the issues. How about let's try something that, you know, that man out of Jersey, Joe Clark, tried. The bad apples, let's just throw them out. That solves a lot of issues, Rich. You know, and unfortunately, we want to deal with the unions. But my thoughts are bad kids. Uh, in some cases, uh, Rich, it's almost like a cancer to the kids that actually want to learn there. And the reality is a kid who's got hope ain't selling dope. So my thing is, you know, those metal detectors, uh, I actually, you know, I mean, you want to keep your kids safe, but it's a shame that middle schools, high schools need to even confine to having metal detectors. And why? Because we know that there's problems in the community and like Jeffrey Canada with, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, the Harlem Children's Zone, he said, you know, whatever comes out of the schools is going to impact the community. You want to look at the community? Start with the schools. And so one of the challenges, Rich, is, you know, how do you get rid of the problem? How do you get rid of those problem kids who, in some cases, their parents have lost control, and then they expect the teachers to actually uh, control them. When one of the issues, uh, Rich, that we're seeing in the public schools is that the teachers who are trying out here, many of them, not all, but many of them, they're trying, they're, they, you know, they've become the teacher, they've become the social worker, they've become the parent or guardian, they've become everything but an educator. And so let's get back to basics. And my whole thoughts are, we need to sign a contract with every parent that says there's a zero tolerance for nonsense. Big things, Rich, have very small beginnings. Yeah, excellent point, Brandon. And, you know, one thing that I think uh, you you can't overstate is that children suffered so badly. You talked about schools. I'm looking at this piece that says, according to the New York Times, apparently you could say anything as much as you want, but once you say the New York Times said so, then all of a sudden it's, it's reality. On average, students who attended in-person school for nearly all of 2020 and 2021 lost about 20% worth of a typical school years during that two-year window. So it's clear that this whole experiment of remote learning has hurt children, has hurt students. How do you think America or the Biden administration leads the charge to handle this and to rebound from it? Well, I mean, the first thing is, Rich, is, you know, what that did is it showed what's really going on in kids' households. I mean, you had a situation, Rich, where, you know, all the pandemic did was exposed to problems in schools and families that we already had, knew that existed, but didn't do anything about. I mean, you look at the divorce rates. They went sky high. Why? Because folks after two years said, you know what? I really don't like you anymore as much as I thought I did. So the reality, Rich, is we're dealing with, A, you got kids who don't even have laptops in an era where everything, every homework assignment is laptop and digital based. So that's the first problem. 
You want to talk about this build back better and ARPA funding, no one's talking about the actual quality of education. And the reality is, Rich, how can you build, start to talk about building infrastructure when you got illiteracy rates as high as 20% in many major cities? So the reality is, you know, we need to stop playing politics, Mr. Biden, and start actually fixing the damn problem. That's the issue here. Now, I'll tell you another thing, Rich, is that when you look at uh, where do we go from here, now you're talking about how do we get kids uh, prepared essentially for digital learning. Now, this is a problem because, Rich, you and I assume that every kid in America has a laptop. Yeah, well, most schools well, are giving these laptops and tablets out. I mean, at least they did with my kids when they had to go into remote instruction. Yeah, but, but, but Rich, the reality is they don't have uh, – some of these places don't have laptops. And then, and then the other part of that is that, you know, when you talk about homework, uh, many of the parents – and this is actually one of the big issues for some of the issues in the home – many of the parents can't do the work themselves. Well, that's for sure. That, that we've seen over and over with the way they've changed the curriculum. Yeah. I mean, I mean so, so, so there, there's a couple of issues here, Rich. I mean, but the first thing is, is we've got to have a state of emergency around literacy in our inner cities. Uh, places like Philadelphia, the high crime, I, I do a lot of work in Philadelphia, and I can tell you that, you know, in some cases, uh, the mayor's lost control. So the first thing you've got to do before you even deal with bring, talking about bringing back infrastructure and bringing back schools, you got to fix the crime problem. And right mm-hmm. now, you know, I always say, uh, uh, you know, zero tolerance needs to be the mayor's uh, agenda. You can't play politics, Mayor Kenny. You got to actually have a, uh, you know, a town hall and say this is a zero tolerance. I mean, my thing is, Rich, damn, bring in the National Guard. They need something. <laughs> right. Take action. All right, Brandon, we're going to hit a break right here. I want you to stick around. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's happening in the White House, the transfer of power from Jen Pasirkel back, Pasaki Silent P, to Karine Jean-Pierre, the first LGBTQ White House press secretary. Don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez. He's Brandon Bryce. This is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And we're talking about all of the news of the day on this Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Now, I saw a headline that said that the state of Delaware is planning on legalizing, or they just had a vote on Thursday, to legalize marijuana. So I want to get into that. But I also want to talk about metal detectors in middle school in Philly. If that weren't crazy enough, uh, we're going to get to the bottom of that. And I also want to get a reaction to this 
nonsense that to me it's nonsense that I heard from Sonny Houston from The View that she says it's oxymoronic to be a black Republican or a Latino Republican. So uh, to break all of that stuff down, I brought in my buddy Brandon Bryce. He's the host of The Bryce is Right. He's a former columnist with The Washington Times and other great publications like Detroit News and others. Brandon Bryce, welcome to This is America. Appreciate the invite, Rich. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting that we bring a little sanity to the foolishness that we're seeing every day on our on our boob tube. So let's go. All right, brother. So the first thing I want to tackle is the, the reaction to uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, right? So she becomes the new press secretary. She's deputy press secretary. And today there's this all this outrage because they're saying she's married or she's um, in a committed relationship with Suzanne Malvo from CNN and that there's some sort of conflict of interest type of dilemma. So with all of that happening, uh, the people on The View, they um, they have a roundtable discussion and it, it goes completely off the rails as Sonny Huston, the uh, attorney on the show, she says that black Republicans are an oxymoron. I want to play the audio so that you could listen to exactly what she said. Listen to this. I know this may be a novel point, a novel idea for somebody who's, you know, a supporter of Trump, but there are people who are capable There's of being many, related and, and, and not having that I ethical interests. Of I don't, many I things imagine. that I don't stand by that Trump mm-hmm. did. Trump has done things that are racist. I'm a black woman first, so always understand that. Mm-hmm. But I do say that I have many conservative values that I will talk to you about. And so if you look at your network, you that you're Republican? standing behind. Yes. And when you look at your network that you're standing behind, you're saying that you look at Chris Cuomo. I feel like that's an oxymoron, a black Republican. You feel oh, like it's an oxymoron. I do. Why? Your friend right here is a Republican. We had She's this not, conversation. Me have, you do. And you say you feel like it's an oxymoron that you're Catholic, but you also are pro-life. I, I, I don't understand either. No, you, you don't understand yourself then. You have, you have disagreements. I understand myself. I don't understand I, either. Of this, but it's not a personal conversation. Yeah. We're going, I don't, like, we're, I we're having don't. a personal conversation about, about CNN I, I don't and how black things Republicans, can get leads. And I don't understand Latino Republicans. Well, Today, this is not about me, and it's not about you. It's about celebrating Corinne Jean-Pierre. And, and I think we should, and we can agree on that. All right, so the history she's making for being the first LGBTQ plus IA, et cetera, et cetera, individual to occupy the position of White House press secretary. And, of course, just to recap, that was Anna Navarro with um, Lindsey Granger and Sarah Haynes all going back and forth with Sonny Hostin over the comments that she made saying, I think that's an oxymoron. What say you, Brandon Bryce? Well, first of all, who cares? You know, I mean, LGBT. Listen, the fact is you have a qualified woman who, whether we you support her or not, she's the press secretary. See, that's the problem with the left. They want to go into all of the specifics. How about the woman's qualified? How about the woman actually is qualified to do the job? But, you know, one of the things, Rich, that you hit out of there, which is really interesting, is the fact that, you know, it's amazing how there used to be a time where even if you were, you know, a Democrat or Republican, you were able to go home at night and say, OK, well, I'm not that way, but I respect this as a person. Now it's to the point where if you're on the left or if you're on the right, the, the sentiment of the nation is I don't even want to deal with you. I don't even want to know you. To me, that is, I mean, we are in a, you know, American politics, Rich, has almost become tribal uh, in the sense that we can't accept differences. And especially the left, uh, if you don't think like them, if you don't believe in what they believe in, if you don't uh, worship what they support, they want you canceled. Uh, So this is a much greater issue. The reality is, listen, there is a black female who is qualified, who is the new press secretary for the White House. Way to go, Joe Biden. Is that going to help boost your numbers? Probably not. But the reality is you got somebody in there who's qualified. It doesn't matter 
uh, you know, what whatever she does at at night with her, you know, in her personal time, that's her business. You see, Rich, today on your show, Rich, I'm going to start the Mind Your Business campaign. <laughs> well, I think, Brandon, the issue that's happening here is not so much that she's uh, she's gay or whatnot. I think the issue is that she's dating somebody from the media. And they're saying that this pro- uh, and that's how what sparked this debate on The View. They're saying, you know what, the fact that she's, you know, uh, the White House is technically in bed with the media presents a problem. Now, I, I don't know if there was a history of former White House press secretaries uh, being, you know, the spouse of someone in the media. Uh, but they're saying that this is a, an ethical concern because certain things may be breached. Now, I, I tend to think people should be able to be married. We saw this about a month ago with Ginny Thomas. She's a conservative activist. She's married to Clarence Thomas. And they're saying, oh, he has to recuse himself from the Supreme Court because, you know, he's married to this woman. I think, uh, listen, like you said. Who cares? Right. I mean, unless you have some proof that there's some sort of collusion going on, I don't think that's the case. But it seems the left is very, um, I'm going to say, hypocritical on this because it's it's okay for for this woman to be married to someone from the media. But it's not okay for Justice Thomas to be married to a conservative activist. You know, you know, there's something called uh, contracts and laws that, you know, we can put a gag on order. You know, the reality is just say, listen, you sign a gag order. Nothing that you discuss in the White House can be can be discussed with CNN, point blank. I mean, why is this so difficult, Rich? I mean, one of the things, Rich, that we're starting to understand is uh, common sense, unfortunately, in Washington ain't common anymore. Have her sign a contract. She signs away her, you know, her right to talk to any kind of media outside of the White House. That's it. Yep. Now, That's all you got to do. Of course, Sonny Hostin is entitled to her opinion. But what do you think about her saying that it's oxymoronic to have a black Republican or even a Latino Republican that she alluded to? What do you think about that? Well, you know, Rich, there's a reason that people don't watch The View. They're at work. You know, these folks, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the interesting thing, these four or five ladies sit around and talk about whatever they want to talk about during the day. Guess what? Most Americans are actually out taking care of their families doing work and actually providing for their families. They don't get the luxury to sit around and jaw jab about this and that. So the beautiful thing is half the country, you know, Rich, if you hadn't told me about that, I wouldn't have watched it. But, but this is interesting because again, this goes back to the culture of society today that says it's no longer, if you don't agree and I don't agree, we can walk away, be friends and go grab a burger and a shake. Those days are over. Now, if you don't agree, I want you I want you gone. I want your fifth born. I want you removed and I want you totally canceled off the face of the earth. That is where we are today, Rich. And unfortunately, the left seems like they're the ones navigating that ship. Yeah, it's it's a sad day. It's a sad state of affairs. Brandon Bryce, let everybody know where they can uh, catch up with you and follow you and see what's going on in the world of Brandon Bryce and the Bryce is right. The Bryce is right dot org. You can hit me up on Twitter. Bryce Nation. Find me. You got it, Brandon Bryce. Thanks for being here. More to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez 
on all of the social media. Welcome back, Philly. Welcome back, everybody tuning in. New York City, Florida, California, Texas in the building. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I always want to give a shout-out to everybody who subscribes to the podcast version of this. Uh, Of course, everybody listening on 1210 WPHT. But everybody who's listening to the podcast, I thank you because you guys leave the best comments, five-star reviews, um, reviews, all that stuff. And it really just uh, means the world to me. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing it. And thank you for everybody that's tuning in as well. I definitely appreciate that. And on Thursday, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I celebrated my, that's right, my 44th birthday that's right. So uh, my birthday is on Cinco de Mayo, which is always cool. No matter where I am on my birthday, I can always go somewhere and, and walk right into a party. One year I did it in Hoboken, New Jersey. I went to a few different restaurants there, and everyone that I walked into was literally just off the hook. They were having these crazy parties. And uh, once they found out it was really my birthday, it was just on. It was like everybody was my family member, and they were buying me stuff and passing around this big fishbowl drink, and it was just really a, a good time. And uh, so I thank you for everybody that sent me uh, uh, a lot of love on the birthday shout outs over the the week. Big shout out to all of the moms that are out there. And I want to wrap up with um, some thoughts, just some general thoughts on a few different things. And not the least of which is what some of these pro-abortion activists plan to do at Catholic churches on Mother's Day. But I also think, Mika, that folks should talk about this as the criminalization of women, criminalization of abortion, yes. criminalization of uh, those who aid women in getting the health care that they need if that health if that health care is an abortion, criminalization of doctors. There's a bill um, that's going to the floor in Louisiana today, or pardon me, in the coming days, specifically about making, getting an abortion a homicide. This is extreme and it's crazy. And I think that's how people should talk about it. So I'm looking at this piece in the Post Millennial. It says pro-abortion activists are planning to protest at Catholic churches on Mother's Day, on Sunday, on Mother's Day, citing the faith of multiple judges that supported the majority opinion in the leaked draft that will strike down Roe versus Wade. Now, there's been protests going on all week all over the place, in Los Angeles, in New York City, in Washington, D.C. And these are militant people, very militant. This is why they're putting up all these uh, guardrails and uh, riot barriers and chain-link fences. They're not just pro-abortion activists, but that group that I mentioned, Ruth sent us, they wrote on Twitter, whether you're a Catholic for choice or ex-Catholic of some other faith or no faith, recognize that six extremist Catholics set out to overturn Roe. Stand at or in a local Catholic church on Sunday, May 8th. So I'm guessing our next podcast will be bringing you stories and our next broadcast on the radio, 1210 WPHT, we'll be discussing on Monday, May 9th, all of the craziness that happened in Catholic churches across America. Now, I hope, I really hope that's not really the case. I really, really hope it doesn't come down to that. But this is what they're calling for. Without apology, without this basic right, women can't be free. Abortion on demand and without apology, without this basic right, women can't be free. Like, just to set this up, these are women wearing red capes and masks that are invading a church with the priest telling them to get out and kind of shoo them away, and they're just chanting and chanting and chanting. Abortion on demand. Without this basic right, women can't be free. Abortion on demand. Without this basic right, women can't be free. Abortion on demand. Without this basic right, women can't be free. Abortion on demand. Without this basic right, women can't be free. Abortion on demand. Without this basic right, women can't be free
pushing on to manhood without apology. Without this basic right, women can't be free. Abortion on demand and without apology. And they've, they've marched straight through this church. This is absolutely atrocious. Last I checked, you don't have free speech inside of a church. He said it well. A young man just got in their face and said, get the blank bleep out of our property. And you can't really fault him for that. Maybe for swearing inside the church, but the bottom line was there was, I don't know, 12, maybe 20 of these women with red capes chanting this crazy chant of theirs, believing that they could go right into whatever property they want to go into and do whatever they want to do. That is the problem. This is where we've reached. And I guess I talk about this all the time, and I leave the philosophical stuff for the fourth segment with the wrap-up because I think it's really such a critical part, but I realize not everybody wants to listen to that stuff. But the bottom line is we have to educate others. This truly is an information war. This is a battle for the hearts and minds of Americans, both young and old. Now, while many of the older ones understand the old school, they're in their 60s, they're in their 70s, they're holding up the signs, they're doing all sorts of stuff. Now, I'm not hanging this solely on the backs of of the um, seniors and, and future generations, I should say past generations. No, I'm just saying that we have to all work double time and overtime to reach people and explain to them that the old school wasn't as bad as they're making it out to be. It is okay to let your kids grow up and let them be what they're going to be. It is okay to tell your little boys that they shouldn't be wearing mommy's high heels. It is okay. And it's the same way that it's okay when they grab a Barbie doll, their sister's Barbie doll, the same little boy, and you say, oh, you don't want to play with a boy toy? Or you explain to them, these are girl toys and those are... Now, is that us socializing and conditioning our children to be heterosexual? Or is that just us following what God intended to be as natural? That child will one day reach its own age of majority. He will make his own decisions. He or she will decide to be whether he wants to be a he or a she. If your argument to me is going to be no, well, by that time, it's too late. If he's a boy, he's already hit puberty. If he's a girl, uh, she's already hit puberty. She may uh, begin uh, menstruating and uh, growing breasts and this and that and the other thing. Well, then that's how life works. You can't take children and allow them to make grown-up decisions that impact the rest of their lives, especially when you know that becoming transgender has such serious consequences like a very high rate of suicide. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, and I'm not trying to preach to the choir and and get you all excited or be all excited myself. I'm just a little bit passionate about this because I think this is an area that got snuck into popular culture where Obama couldn't win the White House without saying that he supported DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. Democrats were always in support of traditional marriage, but that fringe left was always encroaching, always encroaching, moving a little further, moving a little further to the left, and boom, here we are today where they're teaching kindergartners, first grade. They're even saying 18-month-old children know if they're trans or not. Last year on my show, I did a show in Long Island, and... One of the topics that we covered was how three-month-old babies, as young or as old, as 90 days old or new or young, these children, they were saying, the Department of Education in Arizona was saying that they acknowledged that they uh, could, in effect, tell if they were going to be transgender or not. This is pure insanity. And people have to call it out and say, look, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own insane facts. You just can't have them. People have to voice their opinions 
And I understand, but Rich, if we say something, there's a ministry of truth, there's a disinformation governance board. You're right, there is, but they can't silence everybody. Free speech lives right here with you, with me, with we the people. We have to rise up because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for you and me to sit there and do nothing. So now is the time that America needs you more than she's ever needed you before. Anyway, I want to wish everybody a very happy Mother's Day. And of course, before I forget, make sure you tune in. Tune in to the program Saturdays at 12 noon, Sundays at 6 a.m. And every Tuesday, which will come out on Wednesday and every Thursday, which you'll get on Friday, the podcast of the uh, program. Make sure you check those out. Make sure you click subscribe and share those with your friends and family. It's an hour of radio. So minus commercials, you're talking about 41 or 42 minutes. And I really appreciate it and encourage you to do something. And if you're doing something great, I know that you are. I know that there's so many activists out there and so many great people, especially in the Philadelphia area that I talk to and these other areas of the country where I have a really good listenership. They, um, they, they chime in, they send me stuff online at Rich Valdez, uh, with an S on the social media and they let me know what they're doing and they send me clips and this and that. And I'm, I'm always thrilled to see people standing up, going to the school board meetings, doing what they have to do. People getting into uh, politics and running for office. Pastor Todd Johnson in the Philly area, he's running for the state Senate. Kudos to him. People have to get involved. Anyway, hasta la próxima. Until the next time, I am Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America. 